Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast, the podcast that is, in fact, all about that base. I am John, the <laughs> Dr. Dre of the podcast, and I'm joined, as always, uh, by Charlie, our resident Tupac. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are we, what are we saying here? What, uh, what, uh? I didn't, I didn't know there were problems. What's, what's up? What's going I, on? I, I'm just saying that long after you know you might supposedly die, I think you'll still be around long after that. You know, releasing records and whatnot. People will pay lots of money to make a hologram of you. Hmm, and sure, Dylan, are, and Dylan are Warren G because I can totally see Dylan uh, having a hit song that samples a Michael McDonald track. Warren G Harding, wait. I yes, why not? Yes, Dylan. He. I, I feel like I would be like the MC front a lot if we're gonna name that uh, rappers. No, no, these no. are '90s rappers. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Chad's not here, so he's Vanilla Ice. Oh. No, no, no. If he were Vanilla Ice, he would be here and in everything all the time. He would be in a craft uh, macaroni and cheese commercial. Yeah, I was about to say he'd be in the supermarket uh, stocking uh, groceries. If there is a pr- if there is a product, yo, he'll stock it. Check out the hook while the DJ. I also. I encourage you wow. to look that up on YouTube. I encourage you also to watch the behind the scenes because my theory is Vanilla Ice has been on reality TV so long, he does not know how to not be absolutely excited about everything and talk <laughs> about everything like it's the greatest opportunity he's ever had either that or he's used to a certain lifestyle and hasn't invested properly and so he's really fucking broke he, that's my guess he loves the ninja turtles though he he's uh, just okay 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 dylan who doesn't and if you answer you i'm beating the shit out of you i'm walking across the hall it's okay it's whoa okay. Careful. It's it's one of those things I, I I don't dare go back and spend too much time on uh from my childhood because yeah, God forbid. I, have, I have I have memories and those memories should they they should they should they should remain pristine and uh-huh. beautiful. Wow. Dylan does not D- Dylan looks at memories like he does, you know, collector's toys. He will not take them out of the box and play with them for any reason whatsoever. It tarnishes their value. There's probably uh, something horribly cynical I could say, but I, I believe my brain is too it. fried right now to do it. To, to come up with what that should be. Wow. Anyway, um, we're recording this, I think, before Oticon starts, uh, or Oticon, or however you want to say it. Just uh, I'll, barely. I'll, I'll, I'll go with Oticon because of Metal Gear, but... Um, <laughs> I've heard it pronounced both ways. Anyway, uh, Otacon starting. This podcast will not be about any of that. Because nope. Otacon did not have the greatest panel ever. That is true. true. Uh, we, we'll, we'll be getting to one of the greatest panels ever. And we'll also talk about not the worst panel ever, but you'll think it was that by the time I'm done with it. Um, so I just realized what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're we're, de- we're totally doing that. Anyway, make some uh, enemies. I'm not gonna make any enemies. I'm just gonna make some observations. And if I like it, you know, whatever. Can't handle it like adults, then fuck them. Anyway, uh, we were we were lucky enough. uh, The folks at KaiCon have since their first year last year have been asking us, you know, to come and cover the convention, and we wanted to last year but couldn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're gracious again to to offer to have us down there this year to cover the event, and uh, we were able to go thankfully and. It was a great time. We got there uh, Saturday morning. 
we stayed yep. until Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they said this year that they doubled their attendance. And I don't know that that's counting did. the Tennessee Titans or not, because they were there in the <laughs> hotel. They did they, make ESPN though. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, Kaikon did make ESPN.com. Yes. Seriously? Uh huh. They did a story about how the Titans were sharing the hotel with the event. And uh, one of the Titans is apparently an anime fan. Wow. Yeah. The- everybody else is, you know, kind of making fun of everybody. And, uh, you know, one of the like- players is like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. That's awesome. So that, that was the thing. They may um, have gotten like the best publicity they're ever going to be able to get. Well, was like, ES- it, was it ESPN one or like ESPN eight? The Ocho. It was ESPN.com, like their main website. Yeah. Okay. But- it's still, okay, fair enough, fair enough. It's probably not probably not the press coverage you want for your target audience, but I guess you take what you can get. Hey, listen, you don't want to advertise to your target audience. But yeah, that, those really are the people, people that, that already are aware. Come yeah, to a KaiCon and maybe you'll see the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the player's name was Chance Warmack, by the way. Uh, he's an offensive lineman for the Titans. That's a hell of a uh, name. Ag- agreed, that's a football name right there. It it's really pro- is. That's an old school football name. Chance Warmack. That is getting, getting getting down the trenches. That is like 1960s, like serious football name. That is like that is your all American fought in World War Two and then started playing football kind of name. I kind of feel like I need to if if I whatever uh, fantasy football leagues I'm in this year, I, I feel like I need to put him at the top of my list. Like is no one else goes lineman. for quarterback. What? He's an offensive lineman. He is literally not draftable. Like they don't, that's oh. not a thing you can draft. <sighs> Try it. Anyway, because let's face it. He fought the Nazis. I was about to say, and, and yeah. let's say put them in as like technically a fullback and they give him some sort of running back eligibility. It's literally not a thing that's possible. Although I guess he's going to become like the nature Valley of, uh, uh, of athletes, at least in this area. I wish I could remember. I cannot remember what the there's a football player that John Hodgman references in. That is all, I believe. And I wanted so badly to draft him and he's also not draftable. And dang it. Why? That's when you just write in your own. Screw it. Yeah. 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 Charlie. Nope. This this no. isn't like a like no. fantasy fantasy where you can you know, like do some house ruling and roll up your own character. No. That's not how that works. Yeah, it does. No. All it, right, it does if you say it does. Draft well, whoever you want. We Draft should Gandalf sh- and those two. Okay. We, we should we should probably get to talking about a Kaikon. Yeah, I mean, I didn't actually see any of the Titans though, uh, just for the record, because. Probably for the best, uh, me Kaepernicking in front of everybody, probably not going to go over well. I mean, they're not, you know, like division or conference rivals or anything, but, you know, probably bad form. Yeah. Probably. Apparently, uh, everybody else saw them, though. We're the only people that never saw them. Lauren was in the elevator with uh, Jake Locker. I mean, we he were sucks, also, but, you know, she, she was in the elevator with him. We were also there a very limited amount of time, comparatively speaking, and... I, I really do kind of wish we'd gone Friday night. Um, especially nope, yeah. nope, 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 nope. Why? Just nope. Like, okay. yeah, the the whole for one thing, um, you know, it, it, if we went there Friday night, I mean, we may as well have just been there for the whole weekend. I mean, I don't know if that was what you're saying, but like, 
yeah, Friday oh. and part of Saturday. We, if we had been, if we had done what we did, you know, like going all of all or most of one day and part of another, we would miss the Lionel fan panel or had to go no, back no, 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 no. late at night. What I meant was Friday night through Sunday because oh, okay, I got coming you. in. I was just like, I was, I was out of it the first first little while. Well, I mean, yeah, me yeah. We had a lot going on. The federal government might or might not have been involved. I mean, it was just crazy. So it, it probably worked out for the best. Um, anyway, um, what was the first thing that we did there besides, you know, like um, random bull crap? Was the first thing the 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 history of the Nintendo panel? I believe it was. I, I do want yeah. to mention that before the con, and 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 this was interesting. Uh, one thing that they tried to do with their panels was because um, I had two panels. They called me like a week or two beforehand, said, hey, are you definitely still coming? Called me, which is interesting. I've never seen a con do that. And also you had to check in two hours before your panel, which doesn't guarantee that you won't leave it or blow it off. But um, it does guarantee that you You're show up inside, which yeah. I thought was really cool. Like. It it was one of those things. That I'm not sure how it will work out in the future. I don't. It's it seems like a huge overhead, but it seems like they're taking things seriously and making sure that there's, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't want to say high quality necessarily because you you can't like you know they're not judging you know the panels, but they're making yeah. sure that they there have is an them. issue, and that if there is an issue, they can deal with it ahead of time and there's no people walking into a room going okay I don't know where is everyone so I thought that was really cool it'd be interesting to see as they grow how that works but I wanted to mention that early just because that was before and we had talked about like that was one of those things that would probably be a lot more difficult and well at least a lot more work intensive to pull off at a larger convention yeah um I mean, you obviously didn't have any, like, issues checking in, doing any of that stuff. Um, But, I don't know, I think for the staff, that would be, if it were a large convention, it, that, that would be probably a pain. uh, Yeah. For maybe, for maybe less return. And it is one of those, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. It is one of those things that I wonder what prompted it, like, is it, did they have a bad experience and this is sort of a reaction to it? And in that sense, I, I, the part of the reason I wonder is because every time I see like, you know, professionally or in business or something, every time you see something like, you know, someone put, you know, someone has to put a, of a, a stamp of approval on something or someone has to check, like, you know, there was an incident and you mm. know, you know, like they may overreact and, and do something that's really costly that doesn't necessarily fix the problem or, mm-hmm. or cost more than the, the problem itself. So it'll be interesting to see going forward, but I thought that was, that was really different that they actually um, were doing something about that. Cause I know every con I think we've ever, ever uh, we've been to in the past year or so there's gonna, there's been at least one panel where we go, yeah, we walked in and no one showed up. <sighs> Yeah, they're out there, and that's, you know, all part of doing business, but it is, yeah, it's yeah. kind of cool that they're 
trying to like be ahead of the of of it, which is that's that's nice. Yeah. So yeah, I think the first thing we did was the um, Nintendo panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The actual title was a history of Nintendo and why you should keep the faith post E3. So it's pretty obvious, like right from the get go, that this is a pro Nintendo panel, which is fine. Whatever. I don't like like I said before. I'm going to argue really... that a, a panel need not be pro a Nintendo panel need not be pro or anti Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, you you can talk uh, about I, the history of Nintendo without being opinionated. I, I am not True. arguing that at all, but the, the title, you know, already gives away its position. You're like, why you should keep the faith post, uh, post E3 is already a, it's a pro Nintendo stance it is an optimistic stance at the, you know, at the very least. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that Nintendo does, didn't have some good things shown at E3 or anything like that. We've talked about all that before. Um, but just in terms of this, this was obviously not going to be like an objective panel, like just talking about the history of Nintendo and looking at it through a purely objective lens. That was never going to be um, in the cards. Um, so the person that was running it, um, they weren't the usual presenter for this event. And I think that'll factor into some of what we're going to be talking about in regards to this panel. Um but I had some problems with it. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, I, I guess it's one of those things where my stance is if you're going to run the panel, regardless of if you're the person that normally does it or not, and you're going to present things as facts, you need to make sure you actually have your facts correct. Um, and then, the, then there are some other things I just found to be a little bit odd. Um, the history part, um, I felt like he skipped over a lot of things and some of the nuance I think wasn't what the hist- quite there. I think what the history mm. ended up being was what they've done right and wrong in the past. And I really, I, I feel like that would have worked better because if, if it would, if it had just been a chronological history, mm. perhaps before that, because Nintendo really does have an interesting history and, and, and a very to- long one. Yeah, I'm trying to judge good or bad. I, uh, you know, you can you can focus on perhaps the wrong things. Yeah, and a well documented history at that. Um, but some of the details, uh, and it's tough to go back and try and like nitpick this stuff now because you know we're like a almost two weeks from the actual or a week or yeah, I guess it's been about a week now. We're almost about a week from. Uh, the actual panel itself. And, you know, there's not like a recording. I wasn't, you know, take, I didn't have the capacity to, you know, like take detailed notes or anything. I'm not trying to take this guy down or anything, but there are some, some facts that he submitted that weren't correct. Um, and, and I know this just because I've recently seen some like history of Nintendo videos and obviously I've followed it, um, for as long as anybody. Um, but that, you know, like sometimes you'll get details wrong. That's, you know, that's just how it goes. You know, you'll forget stuff in the heat of a presentation or you'll misremember things. Not a huge deal. Um, where I really started to take issue was um, at some point during the the presentation, the guy starts talking about um, like it, he, he brings up. And I don't remember the specific context, but he brings up um, the idea that 
certain high profile game reviewers get paid to do uh, positive reviews for you know certain companies you know like EA Activision the the specific example he brought up was Microsoft I think it was yeah. Michael Pactor uh, he said oh. you know but I didn't the, remember one of the details but we can get to that later but the specific thing that he said was something along the lines of if you follow the money um you'll see that so and so is getting paid off by Microsoft to write these reviews and. That may very well be true. I know that Microsoft does have, I think it's a, I think we talked about it on the podcast, I mean, they have like a YouTube uh, reviewer program where you can get money for reviews, yeah. but you know, they obviously mm-hmm. have to be good, like positive pro Microsoft reviews. Um, so it's, it's not as though this is the first time that, you know, anybody's ever paid for a review or manufactured a critic. Um, what was that movie? A Knight's Tale where they just like made up a reviewer that didn't exist. Mm. Um, so that stuff's been going on for a long time. But the problem is if you're going to um, make that statement um, and, you know, it's a fan run panel. So, you know, I guess the standards aren't, you know, nobody else is going to hold this to the standards I would. Um but I, I feel like you need to have something a little bit more factual, like, you know, when an article that you can reference or something other than if you follow the money, because follow the money yeah. is a very ambiguous statement. Like, where am I following the money? Where am I starting? Because basically you have set me off on an investigation with that where you say you already know the answer, but I don't even know where the starting point is. Yeah. And money, money doesn't always imply something I mean, it's, yeah, it's shady, but people don't necessarily buy because a reviewer, you know, you know, like and people don't necessarily and, and just because money changes hands doesn't mean automatically that something untoward is going on. Um, and I do remember the the issues you had, though. Yeah. The the uh, fact one, the, the he said something about the guy who did the who created the virtual boy was fired. Um. Yeah, yeah, like think, he he didn't get fired directly because of the virtual boy. I think that's a commonly yeah. held misconception. And there was I also, think, oh, sorry, I was gonna say, go I think ahead. he, I think he was already like planning to retire. And I think, yeah. I think the the failure of the virtual boy may have hastened that, but that wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, this sucked. You're fired. He was already on his yeah. way out at some point. Um, I think there was also there was some talk of a Smash Brothers screenshot for 3DS that had yes. like a Wii icon. Yeah, was, I was actually going to get to this because this played oh, into sorry. something else that happened. No, 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 Go no. Ahead. Fine. I, I was going to say, this, this played into something else that actually happened this week. Like, as soon as we got back, I wanted to mention it briefly at some point. Okay. But the guys, um, two main sources were like... I don't, I wish I could remember what they were, but one of them was just like a fan, like my Nintendo news or something like that. It wasn't like an actual official, you know, channel or like a well-known, um, industry source or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Dylan, you're, you're about to mention that he brought up like some sort of screen, uh, screenshot from like the 3DS version of Smash Brothers and he presented it as though it were like that was an actual screenshot. Like there was no room for that being like a Photoshop or anything else. And then he went on to give like his thoughts as to what that was. And all of that could very well be like factual stuff. 
But man, I, I've never heard of my Nintendo news before now. I mean, that may as, you may as well be getting your news from us. I mean, just like straight up, like not not us reading news stories from like Anime News Network or IGN or, you know, like some sort of big publication or website or anything. Uh, no, just from us shit that we're making up like straight, you know, yeah. because that's that's I, about the level of quality I can attest to it. I do get my news from us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm screwed. I mean, I know I've been to a couple of his panels before, and I know he's really active in the Imtech community. Um, so it's yeah, the other panels I've been to like oh, you know, it, it's terrible, but it 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 is a subject near and dear to his heart, and so he is. Oh, but know. the other panels of his I've been to though have been very good. Well, here here's the thing: I'm not saying like the guy's a bad presenter. Like I said, it's yeah. not even his his panel and I'm not trying to do like it. I'm not trying to do a takedown of the guy, but if you're going to present something as like a history of blank, I'm looking for a little bit more on your history. And if you're going to make certain arguments, I'm looking for, you know, better things to support that, that argument. And I just don't feel like that was there. It depends. It was was more about, it was more about the vetting of the information. Yes, very much so. I mean, I'd I'd say that, that if you had to, if you had to really boil it down to like, one thing that sort of informed the problems you had, it it would probably be that. Yeah, I think, because I felt like it was. I'm sorry, Dylan. Go ahead. I think it worked well as a. I mean, and you you can question that. I, I think it worked as a panel for Nintendo fans, but for people who are a little more on the 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 fence. Yeah, it's kind of like okay, yeah. you know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I, I. I believe I'll follow. Follow the money is a good example, just because I remember you. You had that like I. You had that reaction of like, wait, what? When he said that, <laughs> it's it's kind of like like if you watch Glenn Beck, you know, if you're into that, all the connections make sense. Of course, that's true. Why not? But if you know, mm-hmm. if you're not, then you're gonna go. But that I don't see the connections. Hmm? And, yeah, I'm not meaning to imply that you know fanboyism for a particular console has anything approaching that level of whatever but well you know it, same like person I, I i knew what i was getting into when i read the description but at the same time it's like when you're telling me that the gamecube controller is one of the most popular controllers ever and that's why you know they're bringing it back for smash brothers no, that is not. It is not because it was like this universally loved controller. I mean, it you know it worked well for Smash Brothers and it worked well for some other games, but just like your traditional console games, having like one center button and then you know three other periphery buttons and shoulder buttons and stuff that uh, that doesn't work well for every type of game. Yeah, I mean, uh, and the reason they're bringing it back is for Smash Brothers because that it, it does work well for that game and people are used to using GameCube uh, controllers. Uh they used it in Brawl these and Melee and you know honestly people have held on to Melee, you know, in terms of just like competitive and you know longevity mm. uh, for the last Ten or so years. It's it's the Marvel two of uh, of Smash Brothers games. Um, hmm. You know, it it just it still has a you know, a very strong following even now. And they're used to playing it on a certain type of controller. And the Wii U, the Wii U controller and and like the Wii nunchuck and stuff isn't just great for Smash Brothers. So 
No. Yeah, sure. Why not? You can sell an adapter for twenty bucks. I think. I think what I'm hearing you say, though, John, is um, maybe the superlative there is is not the wisest choice. <laughs> no, and, and I guess that's what it is. Is it's fine to be a fan of Nintendo. It's fine to have that opinion and make that argument. Um, but yeah, it was very superlative, and uh, I think he said something about like two E3s ago, which would have been like the 2013 E3 when uh, Sony literally just like ripped off Microsoft's uh, spine on stage and flung <laughs> it at them afterwards. Um, said something about like that press conference wasn't any good. I'm like, what are you? What are you talking about? Everybody loved that. You know, at the time it was going on because Microsoft was still trying to figure out what it was going to do with Xbox One because everybody was on their ass about it, and they got it turned around, of course, but. I, I like I said, it was it was very it was a little strong for me. And and it's fine to be a fan of Nintendo, but it's not fine to not know what type of game Devil's Third is because uh Itagaki, Itagaki did a lot of hookers and a, and a lot of blow to make that game. And uh, <laughs> I I think he would be upset if he had heard that guy calling it a first person shooter and uh if know. he was sober. But you know. Anyway, um, I I don't want don't want to go on anymore about it, guys. If you're yeah. gonna do a fan panel, that's fine. Just you know, uh, all I'm asking, all I'm asking, you can have you can have your opinions. Just you know, show me a little bit, you know, a little bit more substance. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't I don't want to harp on this guy too much because, like I said, it wasn't even his panel, so it's kind I, of not fair to do it. But at the same time, it was just one of those things where, like, sitting in the moment, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Like yeah, they really I, say, I follow the money. I watched that happen. Like I watched that slowly happen. And I was like, we we should not be here if we're gonna talk no. panels, but we are. So I'm just gonna let uh, you take notes. Yeah, <laughs> but, um... but um, so I think after that, uh, we decided because my panel was at five, so we were like, well, let's get something to eat. Yes, we, we did, and we so. There is a, it is not a food court, it is a food cul-de-sac within walking distance of the Millennium Maxwell House. So within we went Dylan, down... Within Dylan walking distance. Within Mark. Dylan yes. walking distance. Well, it depends on which direction you go. The one direction is is almost outside of normal walking distance, into Dylan walking distance, but the way we went the first time was certainly Dylan walking distance. Agreed. I, I actually take that as a backhanded compliment, so... Uh, as it was intended. Uh, thanks. Um, no, I take it as an observation. Backhanded observation? Backhanded observation. No. Yeah. But they have a... Uh, in this food cul-de-sac, as, as you would expect for a food cul-de-sac, something as, as different and, and innovative as a food cul-de-sac, there is a Taco Bell Pizza Hut Express... In one building. Oh, yeah. This is not the most common of things. I mean, here here in this area, we have plenty of other Taco Bell combination restaurants. Like Taco Bell KFC is uh, particularly popular in this area. But yeah. not, not Taco Bell Pizza Hut Express. And we, we don't even have like a, a proper Pizza Hut Express, which is really just like Pizza Hut on the Little Caesars model. Yeah. I'm generally not the biggest fan, but in this case, it worked. Now, I, I, w- I will say that, you know, like the personal pan combo is actually a pretty good value for like, you know, 570 or whatever it was. You get, you know, like 
personal pan pizza, three breadsticks, dipping sauce, large drink. I'm kind of yeah. a fan of that. Yeah. But but uh Charlie, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you take it over from here. And to be fair, I think this is actually something that I have wanted, I, I have theorized about, I've written formulas about it. Um, I, I, I like to imagine that you were up all night, like scribbling on a blackboard. No, no, the, the, the integral of uh, of cosine. No, that's not it. No. Well, here's you're, the thing: you're going all a beautiful mind on this. If the math doesn't work out, the structural integrity won't be there, and then your food explodes and possibly carry the one. If you don't, um, you know, you could have a you could have a meal that rips a hole through space and time, and you just <laughs> don't want that. You do not want to attempt fast food cold fusion unless you are prepared and have done your homework. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but so this is this is a concept that I theorized about for some time, but have never actually had the opportunity. Um, to to put the theory into practice. He wrote a thesis on it for culinary school. True. Um, or that's all lies. But they're good lies, so I'm okay with it. Um, Albert so, Einstein and Stephen Hawking had a bet over whether it was uh, it would ever be proven. And now they both owe me big time. Um, but one of them's dead. Anyway, the... The thing that I had always wondered about, I, I, I had often said, you know, the next time that I'm in a Taco Bell Pizza Hut, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna see if they'll make me a taco pizza, which is a good is a good uh, it's a good thing to try. Uh, I, I I forwent uh, trying to explain my process to the person at the at the counter because I didn't want to blow anybody's minds. Um, and, and, sh- and she was obviously busy. You want to get a patent on that before you, you release it publicly. Well, before I release all of the, all of the, 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 the engineering of it, like the, the re- the paperwork. I mean, I can say, here's what I did, but unless you've actually done the math, y- you might kill yourself and everyone you love trying to do this. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not afraid at this point. Um, cause, because I feel my, my numbers are solid and that they're not going to be like quickly replicated. I, there's, there are not a lot of, uh, colleges, universities right now working on this, on this, on this problem. Um, so I, I wanted to, to go like the basic because I didn't want to spend a lot of money making this happen. Um, so, uh, purchased a personal pan cheese pizza and two regular tacos and um my calculations ended up being perfect that when when placed in the center of the pizza because you're gonna think oh yeah taco pizza there are pizza places that do that that's fine yes that's true and you might think you might say okay you got a pizza and you you know you threw some tacos you know crumbled them up or something like that and okay what's the big deal no no, this is this is what all the years of planning and preparation uh, were able to uh, to see through. Is that the personal pan pizza? If you if you lay two tacos in the very center and then fan them out on their sides, they are the exact circumference of a personal um, pan pizza from Pizza Hut. 
and they've already they've already quartered it for you. And then, of course, the tacos are separate, so it's pretty much ready to go. You and can share this with a friend. You can, in fact, and I did. And the great thing about it is it, it, gives, you, it gives you a full range of flavors and textures. If you're taking a bite near the um, beef end of the taco, you're going to taste more of the taco. But it, once you get toward the lettuce and cheese side, you start tasting the pizza. And in between there is a whole continuum of flavors and textures and emotions. Um, it's it's pretty amazing, and I and I don't want to I don't want to give too much away. Uh, by the way, I, I I have dedicated it to a certain fan of food. Um, so rather than naming it after myself, as as is the want of many scientists, I'm in fact naming it after one of my mentors, uh, Lionel from the Manpower. Um, now right now, if you go into a Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, Express, and order the Lionel. You may get what I ordered. You may get a very awkward hand job in the bathroom. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. It's not. A, it's not an official thing. I've. I, I've only begun talks with uh, Yum Brands to get this put on the menu. Um, now I will say too that I, I, I. That is not the end of my work my research obviously i i have also hypothesized the existence of the supreme supreme taco pizza um in which you have a supreme personal pan pizza and a, and a top which you have settled to supreme tacos possibly doritos uh, possibly well here's the thing this this also i mean that throws off the 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 cheese powder definitely throws off your equations you have to account for that um, I'm not to that point yet, and I and this is one of those things that I really want to to build slowly toward you know whatever end this may come uh, come from it. But so so uh, baby steps, baby steps. We we we're gonna get there, but it, it could be years. This it is could, a major breakthrough, though, and I think uh, I think after this, the funding for this project is really gonna start to kick in from the federal government. I think so. I mean, I've already written some. Um, some grant requests uh, and I've got some, some people, you know, uh, lobbying for me. Um, it's going to bring back NASA. It's going to take us to space, man. It might. I, because <laughs> I, I, I do feel that there is some, some serious like rocket fuel potential here. I, I will say that a lot of Taco Bell's clientele know all about going to Mars. Which is <laughs> probably so, so in, in ways, I'm not treading new ground here in that sense, but, um, but I do think there, there are certain like uh, energy applications because that is a very densely packed, um, short stack of caloric energy. It is. So I, I do, I do feel that there, there's some definite, I hope no one, like I do not plan to, and I hope no one uses my work to weaponize that. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, God help us all. I'm pizza I'm, I'm, pie to the face. That could destroy everything. This it's it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing, and I don't want anyone to misuse it. Oh. Um, I may end up being asked by the government not to release you know the actual equations, just so that Al Qaeda didn't get a hold of it. This whole podcast might end up getting redacted. Probably. It's going to be really interesting to hear large blank spaces. 
that aren't awkward. They're just there. But it's gonna sound like a uh, a weird Adult Swim cartoon. So an Adult Swim cartoon. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Soon, Black Jesus. Black Jesus. Uh, so we got finished with the the uh, the wonder of the taco pizza, followed up with a frosty, as you do. Well, um, yeah. And then walked in the scorching hot sun back to the hotel. Watch, walked in the scorching hot sun back to the hotel. It wasn't that far. If you climb the hill, it's fine. So what did we do after that? Anybody remember? Um, uh, we there we caught like the last. Was it twenty thirty minutes of the anime in two weeks or less? That's right. Yes, that is that. right. Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty interesting panel. I really uh, liked the conceit of that panel, although yes. the ex, um, the execution. I think I think the guy can improve. Um, yeah. I really think he needs clips. Like this yes. would work well if yeah he well, cut down I, the list. Maybe, maybe I, not uh, cut down the list, but well, you no, know, I think you'd have to. And and I and I so I I can understand like if there's a if you've got a lot of material and and. It, and I don't know, you know, his thought process and putting it together, you know, if if there's a chance that it was wanting to get through all that material. Yeah, you couldn't do it with and have clips. It would just be it would be too long. Um, but, yes, I think for like sheer presentation purposes, because what he had was um, like he sort of would read the descriptions of the shows, um, which I, I'll be honest, I was not a fan of. Yeah, it was, it was all right. Because the thing was, I don't even think he'd seen all of the shows that he was talking about. So it, it made me wonder exactly what the, the rationale behind some of these selections gotcha. were. Because the basic conceit, because I don't think we ever explained it, oh, no, we was didn't. that um, it's anime that in, say, like an hour a day you could wa- watch in two weeks or less. So basically he was yeah. keeping it to 26 episodes or less. Yeah. Um, which really, I just call that not shonen shows. Dot, dot, yeah, dot. like I, 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 twenty six episodes or less. That's a normal anime. Thirteen I episodes call, less. Yeah, just, that's weirdly short. Yeah, I just call that straight up anime. You know, less than thirteen episodes. That's probably an OVA. You know, dang so. kids. But yeah. yeah, a number, a number of the shows that he talked about though were like in the like sort of like fifteen or less episode range. Oh yeah, I'm not. Um, but no, that was the basic like layout is he would describe the show and there'd be like a screenshot, um, from like, I don't know, box art or something, uh, or promotional art. But I, yeah, I do like the, the idea, but I do feel like Dylan was saying it, it would, it could definitely be improved by the addition of clips, like shorten the list of, of stuff you're going to be talking about. Um, which also, I feel is a good thing, like, you know, cherry pick a couple, di- you know, either your favorites or, you know, try to pick several different genres so that you're covering like an array of different styles and takes because, you know, to, to appeal to more people. But the good thing about shortening it is that it always gives you more material. Like, OK, if you want to do it again, you can choose an entirely different list or, you know, cycle part of it out. Like it gives you shortening in the list and, and showing clips, I think gives you more content and lets you stretch that content out 
over a much longer period of time. I think it kind of because I did this panel at Station Con. I did a version on a board game panel, which was you just did it where Station Station Con. Thank you. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, that's just Japanese designed or Japanese themed or otaku themed games. And the first time I ran that panel, it was like, it felt really short. It felt really weird. Felt like I threw a lot of games in there that were okay, but were probably iffy. But I'm making a point now to buy as many, you know, Japanese design games as I possibly can mm-hmm. just to... Um, kind of broaden that. I, I think that maybe what he needs to do is go in and you know, um, make a point to target these short anime series so that you've got a good working knowledge of of what you're you're presenting. Um, and he he did have a pretty good working knowledge, but yeah, um, yeah. He, so you and, can, but so that right. you can stop and spend more time and and yeah, and um, explain why. So maybe yeah. want to watch the show because I mean because I guess the basic idea was, you know, for people that don't have a lot of time and want to be able to watch a lot of different stuff, here's a list. So he didn't he didn't necessarily like in some cases he did, but not in all cases did he talk about like this is why you would like this show. It was more just like this is what this show is. You you know I, 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 there wasn't I don't know that he really tried to necessarily sell a whole lot of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I explained why it was worth watching, which I think, again, if you if you were able to in, integrate some clips, um, spend a little more time on each show, you know, like I said, cherry pick the ones you like and then not, don't just show the clips, but and or talk about and talk about them, but like talk about why they're good or or why, you know, I even just the caveat of this is really good if you like I mean, even even yeah, if it's just I, that. I suspect we missed the best of it. But I do like this this sort of panel. I would like to see him do this panel and then maybe other people take up this panel because it's kind of like Basil's um, uh, getting your anime anime. groove groove pack where it's like, this is the thing. This is not going to appeal to your hardcore, you know, anime fans who are like, you know, on Crunchyroll 24 seven. Yeah, it's something you can build for people like us who are like, I like it. Maybe I like con culture. Maybe I come to cons for other reasons, but I need to know that there's still something out there for me. So mm-hmm. that is awesome. It, One it thing I love, me... he, he gave out um, handouts with names of all these series and what genres and how many episodes. So, yep, I appreciated that. That is awesome. Sorry. It kind of gets me uh, wanting to do, to expand on an idea I've had for a while, which is to do like, a anime for beginners type of panel because mm-hmm. I I feel like there is a common problem when people try to introduce their friends to anime, which is they try and get them to watch all of their favorite shows, which isn't necessarily the best approach. Yeah. You know, to somebody who just knows nothing about anime because I always feel like the best approach is uh, it requires a little bit of of knowledge about you know different shows and stuff, but you should find out what type of shows that your friend likes, you know, what they, what they watch on TV on a regular basis. And then try to find a show that is somewhat analogous to that. Mm -hmm. Well, if they watch procedural cop dramas, 
maybe try them out on an episode or two of uh, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the the main point is, and and it took me a while to get get beyond this myself, especially with anime, because the stuff I like is not necessarily like the stuff everyone else likes. But, no, we're old. Well, yeah, but I mean, even people my same age. But my, my point is, you have to be able to get, and it, it kind of takes swallowing your pride to do. You kind of have to get past the, this anime sucks, this anime is awesome, too. Here's why I like this. Here's why I don't like this. Here's why someone else might like it, but I don't. Here's why someone else might not like it, even though I do. Like, understanding that, like, I, I really feel like you get a lot more out of it. And you can talk to other people about things that maybe you don't like. But yeah, like you said, um, you can kind of open the door to um, get them in to the genre without, um, you know, necessarily liking everything they they like. Which is not to say, again, this is not this is a side commentary on the panel concept, not anything this panelist did or did not do. Mm. Right. And, And I mean, let me put it to you this way. Uh, our generation would have been Dragon Ball Z for somebody else you know it might be Naruto or Bleach or One Piece or something you know it's not exactly the best approach to try and get somebody into a particular genre a medium of entertainment by saying yeah here's this 300 episode investment yeah you know, you know start them off with like an OVA or a film or just you know like a straight 26 episode series something they can knock you know they can knock out on Hulu or Netflix in a, you know in a few nights Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, what did we end up doing after that? Um, was that was the, that your panel? No, the next panel was how to learn a new language and culture through entertainment. Oh yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was. I walked in and it was like, this is gonna be weird. Okay, I'm gonna sit down though. Well, I. What was the what was the name of the panel again? Because I kind of ran over you, Dylan. I'm sorry about that. How to learn a new language and culture through entertainment and the arts. Okay, so that title to me suggested, like, the through entertainment and the arts made me think that, oh, it's going to be, like, picking up words through context and, like, anime and, um, like, J-pop and J-rock and stuff like that. It was a lot of enthusiastic audience participation. Yes, it was was (laughs) nothing like that. Like, the guy had a very like visual style of, of presentation and learning because, you know, he, he believes very powerfully in that we are visual learners. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nothing like what I was actually expecting, but it was actually very useful, even though I, you know, have forgotten a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool. Like the, the guy was very energetic. Um, he was very enthusiastic. He was quite good, quite engaging. Um, yeah. He did. He did give away a lot of stuff. It was self-promotional, but hey, you know what? I, I'm gonna let him slide for it, because um, he has like a manga, and I think he said it was getting like an animated series as well. Um, yeah, I so. believe so. Apparently, he he works in Japan, so or will yeah. be very soon. Yeah, like he like this was gonna be the last con he was gonna do for at least a while because he was going back to Japan. I'm like, you know what? That kind of sucks because I like this guy. Um, yeah. He was he was very good at, at working the crowd. Um and yeah, I I still do remember 
a decent amount of of what he went through. So that, the, col- the colors were easy for me to remember because several of the, like I already knew what Midori was. Mm-hmm. Um, and like some of them, like, uh, well, uh, pink was like Pinku, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. And orangey. And yeah, some of them were really easy to remember. Um, so I think, I think I'm doing better on retaining the colors than I am anything else for some reason. But he also went over well, some kanji as well. Yeah. And I think part of that though is like the colors were a little more toward the end and, um, I believe he we spent more time on the, yes. the colors than we did a lot of the other stuff. Um, and what was what was interesting though, like I think the colors had a very, um, you know, a coherent theme. I think early on he started out by coming using words that uh, accentuated certain vowel sounds. Mm-hmm. Yes, so it was a good like intro to here's how you pronounce stuff. And again, like. You can't it's it's hard to learn anything like that in an hour. You're not going to come away like speaking conversational Japanese in an hour, mm-hmm. but it's going to give you the idea of how you want to like how you might go about learning it, you know, and why, you know, if you sit down with a, a Japanese book, you know, like a Japanese English dictionary, why that's probably not going to work. Yeah. Um, and and going back to what you're saying about spending a lot more time on the colors, I think is because you also spent part of the color segment to teach a little bit about how to conjugate certain things. True. True. Cause part of that was turning the colors into, uh, into adjectives. Yes. So and, yeah, I, I think that's part of why it stuck so well. Yes. Yep. But anyway, was, that was, a, yeah, that was a really good panel. Like I, I, I wish that the guy was just available to do like a course in learning Japanese. Yeah. Oh, now he does have a YouTube channel, I believe. Well, let's see if we can't find that. If anybody, any of you guys have any idea of where to find that. Uh, let, me, let me look. Because keep going. I'll keep looking. Because I okay. think I remember the name of it. But I do okay. too. I um, believe it is uh, Zach Loves Boa. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But I don't remember the spell. I don't know the spelling of Zach. Z A C K. Okay. Except his name is not Stephen, but apparently, what did he say? He went by Zach because it's hard. It was hard to say V in Japanese. So. Oh yeah, because people started calling him Zach. Yeah. Because he looked like, like a Zach. Yeah, you look like a Zach. <laughs> so you're Zach now. Oh. Apparently he loves what was it a Japanese pop star or something yeah, that got yeah. that's what got him into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Cool. Uh, anyway, what was after that? That that was my first panel. The uh, game development for fun, but not profit. So how did that go, Dylan? Um, it's the first time I've done it, so. Essentially, it was one of those things where I knew a lot about the topic. Um, I knew. Well, let me back up. I shouldn't say I knew a lot about the topic. I knew enough about the topic that I could talk for over an hour um, and field questions on it. And I in was, regards to a panel, that is all you need. Yeah, I was. Um, and it's something I enjoy talking about. Um, 
I tried to make this very noob friendly and kind of go over not just what tools you would use, but some of the the concepts to get you in. Like there's two ways. And I think I said this in the, the Hamacon panel or the podcast. There's two ways you can do a game development panel um, or, or two basic approaches. One, you can try to get people to think of new cool ideas and brainstorm, which is good because it's encouraging, but it also kind of sets them up. Um, or you can go, look, don't, don't start with your precious baby project, you know, uh, do a lot of small stuff, iterate, um, do a bunch of projects you can throw away and eventually you'll get there. Like you, you'll be surprised how fast you can get there. One Uh, day you'll find your magic star baby. Yes. Um, the other thing I I think I did poorly was I, I need to go take a look at like game maker studio and, um, game salad and some of the, the simpler, uh, tool sets mm-hmm. just because I think those are the ones people are going to need to to use and it would really help to uh, show a demo of them. I know people who use them. I have not really poked around much in them myself. Um, so that would be, you know, I, I dive into Unity because that's what I'm familiar with, but I don't know that that's really helpful. And um, I, do, I do think that you should maybe just for like a couple of minutes, dabble into RPG Maker because I think that'll be an enticing way for a lot of people that don't know anything about it to just dick around with something. Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a tool that's very easy to play with. Um, that may actually be a case where you want to go in, where I want to go in and go, okay, here's the scripting page, and this is what this and like, not not just introduce it to someone, but introduce it as a tool to learn. Uh, to go deeper, basically. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, although, like I said, I, I, I tried to go over some of the basics of Unity just so you wouldn't do what I did and, and spend the first couple of months like firing it up, looking at the overly complex example project and go, I, what, what even is this? <laughs> um, I will say one thing that was great. Um, we had a couple people there who one was a software developer um, one was a guy who'd actually used unity and he actually seemed to be, um, more knowledgeable than me about a lot of things. Uh, cause he was, he had some question after the panel about how would you do this particular scenario? I'm like, I have an idea of other approaches I might try, but that seems over my head. Um, and that's cool. Like I, I really like when you, when you get people involved, it may not have been as good for the noob newbies um but it was good to have audience participation that included no uh sombreros or that guys truth um what did you guys think i really liked it i i mean i thought it was very good it was very well laid out as an intro um and and the Particularly, like w- one of the things I thought you did really well was the like at the very outset saying, or very close to the outset saying, you know, don't don't start with your ba- with your baby. You yeah. know, I thought that was really good. Um, and then, like like I said, the only issue that was not even an issue. Like the only thing that I thought was like, oh, was uh, that well maybe, w- w- and you already talked about it was the. Um, spending a lot of time in the unity demo 
which I don't think is a bad thing necessarily, but yeah, having like one of the, the simpler programs too, giving it sort of equal time with unity for people that really are, uh, new to it. And would just like to sort of dabble. Yeah. But yeah, I was, I, I thought it was really good. Awesome. It was very, it was, and, and even more so exceptionally solid, um, I thought because it was basically the first time you'd done that. Yeah. What was funny is I had to do some demos for work this week for a program we're working on. And actually Friday we'd had a meeting to kind of go over some of them. And during, during that meeting Friday, like I had people go, okay, slow down, go over every, you know, start at the top left corner of the window and just, go over the buttons and say something about everything, even if it doesn't fit into the particular demo. And like, if I hadn't done that, I probably would have sucked in the unit. Uh-huh. Demo. <laughs> hmm. Good job. So, yeah. All right, uh, onward. But, I, but no, I will, I will say this. I do think it's a really solid um, panel that you should keep submitting. Like, I think that yeah. is one that I think especially like it's not it it's it's one that I think could fit at any number of conventions because I'd say most well maybe not most but quite a huge a large number of people that go to the conventions um have probably at some point in time in their life said you know man I'd love to make a video game and I and I think your where you start off with that is is like the perfect level both, I think, I think it works well for someone who has dabbled already, but I think it is really great for that person who just said, who's always said, oh man, I, I've always wanted to make a video game. And I kind of, I guess the approach I took was similar to what the approach, the, the guy who did the language, the Japanese language yeah. panel took and, and the way, and I haven't been to a lot of these intro to, you know, like costuming or crafting panels, but you know, oftentimes the problem isn't that a topic is really complicated. It's not that, you know, in a lot of cases you can't teach someone something in an hour. You, you can make them feel like they have mm-hmm. an intro. Um, but what you really need to do is explain how to learn, not necessarily try to teach. Anyway, that's probably enough. On <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Um, <laughs> So what did we do after that? I think we may have... Did we eat dinner after that? We might have. We also tooled around a little bit. Um, one thing, since yes. we did talk about your panel um, that I wanted to bring up, the tech staff at AkaiCon, super yes. good. Holy crap. They were so on top. Like, Because there were, as there always are, there are tech issues. Yes. Uh, but I I can't remember the last time I've seen a tech staff that was like just so on top of of making sure everything was working. That is yeah, true. But- Someone came in the language demo, uh, the the language the Japanese language panel. Um, they had a small TV up there and were like, "Hey, can you use that?" Well, no, it's VGA. Well, I'll get you a TV that uses HDMI. Do you have a an HDMI cable? No. Okay, I'll get one. Like, and then I had that up there for my panel. And the same person, I think, still came in and said, hey, do you have everything you need? Um, they also made a, a big deal about ducking in uh, and giving you a 10-minute or 5-minute warning. 
Yeah. So, which yes. a lot of places don't do. And it's, it's actually really helpful. You, you don't get, um, it makes it easier for, uh, people to avoid going over, which is really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I wanted to make sure to call attention to that because that was one of the things I noticed. Um, it's, it's very difficult at conventions because if you're just going, you know, if, if you don't notice the staff, then that probably means you're doing a really good job and nobody ever tends to point it out. But that was one of those things that you could notice that was like appreciable. Um, that I really wanted to call it because they were just really good about just being on top of everything. Absolutely. Um, and tech is one of those areas that when it doesn't go right, no one who knows who you need to ask. And exactly, having someone yeah. come in and say, I'm the point of contact for this room, you know, do you need anything is is great. Yeah, it's, it seemed like they really did have everything, uh, you know, very well organized as far as that went. So good on them. Um, all right. So we probably told around the, uh, a little bit after that. Uh, their game room is nice. Um, they have a, a fairly decent selection of games. Uh it's a very large game room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I feel I feel like they can do more with it. But, you know, it was it was nice to have. They had it up on the 10th floor of the uh, Millennium Maxwell House, um, which is just kind of this large general open area. So it was it was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did we do after that? I mean, I know we probably um, grabbed dinner. I think we I think we ate out because we tried to do demoses and they were like, yeah, we're not really going to have enough time. And oh, yeah, yeah. We I, went think, to, I think we went back to the cul-de-sac, I think. Yes. And had McDonald's so that we yeah. we went into every every restaurant in the cul-de-sac. Um, I think after that, we ducked into the I think it was the end of Dames of the Fandom, uh, which yeah. is right before my board gaming panel. Because Caitlin Glass was on that panel and Matthew Mercer was just kind of sitting in. And then there were a couple other people. I'm not sure who they were. I'm a terrible person because I know at least one of them was an actual guest at the convention. But her name does not come to mind. Um, I I can pull it up, though. I'll go to their website. But anyway. A lot of it was, you know, women's issues surrounding fandom and things like that. Um, it was really good. It, it got like super serious towards the end. I remember like there was something that was like, Ooh, this is getting deep. Yeah. It was, bad, uh, Marisha like, Ray, I think was, was the other panelist that was okay. there. Um, but yeah, they, they did bring up one of my favorite talking points, uh, about how, um, you know, this, this idea, cause they, the thing about the Assassin's Creed unity thing came up yeah, and, uh, you know, Caitlin brought up the fact that, you know, a lot of guys like to play, you know, as female characters in games because she did the voice of, uh, Cammy and DiCapri and Street Fighter four. So she's like, you know, there are people that have won tournaments with, with, you know, my characters that are guys, you know, so it was, it was one of those. I, I was glad it got brought up because it is sort of one of those things that people bring up in discussions of, you know, oh, guys don't want to play as female characters. And it's like, really? Yeah. You know, I'll I, I play as a female character all the time. So. No, that no, those reasons are legitimate, but I'll still do it. Um, 
But but I think it was Caitlin that did say something about how um, you know a lot of a lot of male players do actually tend to identify more with female characters. And I, yes. I really do love this point because um, it may not have been her. I, I apologize if I misattributed the statement, but the statement was was excellent because it was like yeah, a lot of these guys are you know just like monosyllabic you know muscle men you know they're you know they're just not very interesting and they're tough to relate to for for a lot mm-hmm. of guys and i'm like yeah that's that's pretty legitimate because you know i don't i i think kind of the point is like even even though both uh genders are kind of stereotyped by the games industry or both sexes are, are stereotyped by the games industry a lot of times like the the female characters are more human um mm. than the male characters sometimes Agreed. they're not but a lot of times they can be um and, and then i think after that was your second panel which did have sombreros it it did it i it, my board gaming panel i i do encourage people to speak up um, cause a lot of it, uh, you know, I start out with game mechanics, you know, and the idea is theme, theme matters a lot in terms of getting people to play games. But once you're sort of into the, to the hobby, um, mechanics really matter. Like I, I've found if you want to get into the hobby, you need to understand why you like games, whether games are like the games you like, things like that. Um, so my first, the first half is kind of talking about how to get into board gaming, some of the problems, some of the resources, and then some of the different mechanics you may identify. And then I just go into games recommendations and I don't want to be the jerk who's like, let me talk about all the things I like, you know, so Dylan, do you like trains? I trains are okay. Cause what that one dude. He really likes him. Some he trains. really, he really liked trains. Yeah. There were a couple of things like that. Some people, some people actually did bring up some games. Uh, one person mentioned like Spartacus in terms of like a, an auction bidding game um, in, in reference to Mercante. Um, probably blanking on some of the others. There was some good discussion and there was some very, yeah. Then there is like that five to ten minute side conversation at the start of your panel where I almost got up and asked the guy to leave. I'll be Which, honest. I in retrospect, not, I should have. I've not figured this out and I probably never will. And but it is a there's kind of a fine art in determining when um, audience participation is good or bad because audience participation can start out good. But if it goes too long. You know, and if you quash it, then you're a jerk. It can go too long. And if you qu- if you don't quash it, then you have a problem. Mm. And I feel like there were times when I quashed it too early and times when I quashed it too late. Yeah, there there is, as you said, a definite art form to it. I think it's something that as you become more experienced with incorporating uh audience participation i think you'll get a better feel for it yeah i i just say no to all of it (laughs) i think it depends on the style of your panel um if you're like if you're there to show clips then obviously you want to you want to shut most of it down if you're there to to 
what I again, what I'm hoping to do is to not say this is awesome or this sucks, but to say, here's why I like this. Here's why this is a good example of this genre. If you like this genre, mm-hmm. you you want a little more. But yeah, no, I understand why you want to. Also, your panels tend to be more um, comedy related. And if a person if a person decides they're funny in a panel, they <laughs> probably are not. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> um, so I think after that was the panel, wasn't it? The it was indeed the panel. So you know what? We've talked a lot about fan panels on this podcast. Sometimes it's not been very flattering. But I, ladies and gentlemen. Have, an, have a shining example to hold up to the rest of the anime convention community. I think every panel should strive to be like the Lionel fan panel. Every <laughs> panel should strive to be the Lionel fan panel. And you know what? <laughs> you know, here's, here's the thing. Christ, that Chris came up with this idea. If you're running, I, I think it's one of those ideas that you start joking about and it just goes until you have to do it. And you know what? If you're a small convention, I want you to find someone. They're, they're maybe not the most well-known person in your community. Um, they're maybe not the person who does the most panels, gets the most involved. But I challenge you to hold a fan panel for them. Uh, their lives and yours will be deeply enriched. Agreed. deeply enriched do it sorry go on I, I really do feel like Lionel should be a motivational speaker because when life <laughs> tries to take your ice cream or your PSP you just gotta punch life straight in the throat he's really the everyman like he just <laughs> he wants he just wants to get along he just wants to eat his ice cream and play his PSP something and happens and Golden Corral for nine ninety nine, and not be and, told to leave and he deals with it and he, yeah. he, he snaps and you know, problem is taken care of and he tries to put his life back together after that. And he has a story. Oh my God. I, I mean, just, just thank you, Chris sex for submitting this panel and thank you a Kaikon for saying yes to the Lionel fan panel. I know, I know Cody's one of the directors. So I know there's a lot of manpower, uh, nepotism going on here <laughs> but just thank god and, mm. and, and and yes manpower does do our theme song and has for some years now um well they they did their theme song and then we used it for some years it's it's not like they play it every every time we use it well sure they do um <laughs> they're they're you know they're they're monkeys inside of everybody's computer i mean we have so few That's how MP3s that do work. that i i have it on good authority <laughs> follow the money um but oh sweet christ it was amazing it, mm-hmm. it was so good it was just you know everybody telling telling stories about lionel i love that yeah. everyone knew the ice cream story and then that was the encore that or not the encore <laughs> that was the, the finale like yes it was all building to that well yeah and, i mean you can't and, not do it and then and then you know like after the panel he breaks out the gold corral story Yes. And like then the, the next, next day, I was going to say the next day he starts talking about eating bear meat. And I'm like, like, yeah, we're all going to get together this winter and eat bear meat. 
what the hell? There was more. You were holding out on us. <laughs> How was it? Like, this is where, like, you leave the panel room and then you come back in like an encore. You're musicians. You know how to do this. They're like, <laughs> we got one more for you guys. Oh. Uh, wow. <laughs> You're I, musicians. I, you know how this works. Okay. So I'm going to, you know, I'm obviously uh, going to be tweeting this podcast out at the AkaiCon official Twitter. I expect at least one of the directors to listen to this. Guys. Lionel Fan Panel needs to be in main events next year. It does. Straight it up. also needs to be mandatory. If you yes. get a Lionel Fan Panel, you get like something punched in your badge, and that allows you to go to the rave or or to you know an ask a character panel. But without that, you can't like. This is an educational opportunity. Yeah, like you know, you will learn things. Teach, teach the children so that because they are our future, their fandom's future. And they need to experience the Lionel fan panel. Everyone needs to. Everyone <sighs> needs to. I believe the children are are our future. Teach them well and let them punch hobos in the street. <laughs> I feel like but we only, should. Only when the hobo does something is, is it is in your shit trying to take your PSP. Yeah, I feel like we should explain wallet. some of these stories, but no, 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 no. You just need to go to the Lionel fan panel. Agreed. This is just... if you, if you guys, if dear cons, if you happen to book the manpower, um, I would ask them, and I would ask them very seriously: Is Lionel going to be in attendance? Because you two could have this this fine panel run at your convention. Guest panelist Lionel McMillan. Yes, that's his last name. Yeah. Yes. Wow, I learned something. That was like Cher. I thought he only had the one name, and it was awesome. Oh uh, no! He, if he just had one uh, name, it would be Nightstick the All Nighter. But uh, that's three names. He's like Daenerys Targaryen. Okay, he's got like seventeen titles that they have to announce anytime he shows up. <laughs> that's a little Game of Thrones humor. Charlie appreciates it. But, I did. Yeah. Some of the other nerds, you, you might you might get that one. Dylan hasn't. Dylan, Dylan can't get past the incest. And I'm like, hey, this no, this has, no, this has, no. this has twins fucking. All right, no, let's no, no, let's no. sign me up for this show. Where have I been? No, it was like the the incest was the start. It was, it was like, okay, this is this come is, for the incest. Weird. Stay for the incest violence. the The end of the first episode was a little, slightly rapey for me. Not, not, not into that. Uh, uh, man, you missed it. You missed out on some good uh, rapey stuff this season. That that got heavy. No, I no. I, wow. I as as with High School of the Dead, I can deal with some violence. I can deal with some sex. I, I can't deal with a combination of sex and violence in a uh, in a show. You've got a certain well, proportion that you can handle. I outside of that, then. I, I'm just going to say you need Peter Dinklage in your life, and I'm going to leave it at that. I probably do, but there are other ways I can get. Can you, nope. imagine, can you even imagine if Lionel and Peter Dinklage were able to do a panel together? Oh, my God. Like, I just imagine Lionel carrying uh, Peter Dinklage around on his shoulders everywhere, and they just go off on these. Ama- okay. Stump- no, 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 no. no <laughs> right, right. Fan if you're going to have, if you're gonna have Lionel an actor. and Peter Dinklage having adventures together. If you're going to have a professionally trained actor in a Lionel fan panel, here's what you need to do. You need to have that professionally 
uh, honest to goodness, trained actor acting out these stories. I don't care if it's uh, Peter Dinklage or uh, uh, Patrick Stewart or I'm uh, Nick Cage. Nicholas Cage would be Nicholas Cage performs the life of Lionel McMillan. Would you not go to see that? I would. The world's greatest actor, the world's greatest person together. One room, one time only be there. I'd yeah, I'd go. (laughs) (sighs) We can't say enough about the uh, Lionel fan panel. And that's, that's probably, we we probably should say. And, you know, the Probably thing is, try. I think that might have been the actual last programming we went to, unless I'm mistaken. It was. Uh, I think there was yeah. a there was a lot of 18 plus stuff. And I was like, hey, well, the, th- the thing was, I got up at six that morning. Oh, yeah. And it was late. Like we got invited to go see the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the Belcourt. And nor- ordinarily, you know, 99 percent of the time, there's nothing I would have loved to have done more. But I was so tired. I knew I would have just fallen asleep in the theater. Yes. Um, so we 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 went back to the hotel. We got the next morning. I think we pretty much spent all of our time that we were there on Sunday, pretty much in the gaming room and the dealer's room, mm-hmm. and talking to Lionel. And Phil. yeah, and talking to to Lionel and Phil. Shouts to Phil. I'll beat your ass in Street Fighter too. Um, <laughs> oh, I guess we should speak like you know a little bit about. Cause I don't think we ever covered like the dealer's room in, in general, did we? No, well, it was, it was okay. Yeah, it was pretty good for, I mean, it was a small convention dealer's room, but, but I liked it. And I actually, they combined their artist alley and dealer's room into one room. And I actually probably spent more in a dealer's room actually at a Kaicon than I have in quite a while. In, in a number of conventions. Like, I've I've not been able to... Like, Station Con, I've actually found a decent amount of stuff. Even more so to KaiCon. But, like, before those two, I just hadn't seen a whole lot that I just had to have. So, small, but but they had good stuff. And as for the convention itself, uh, Cody was saying they actually doubled their attendance over last year. Which is incredible. Yes, that is yeah. crazy. But, again, it seems like a lot of the small cons in the area that we've been to have had crazy growth because they've um, in most cases, like they, they run really well. Yeah. Um, in fact, the KaiCon, um, a lot of the people involved are people who are either also involved with MTAC or have gone to MTAC. So you kind of get that same vibe from it. They do make, you know, a few different choices than MTAC, but you know, it doesn't feel like, you know, something completely new. It feels like, oh, like second MTAC or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. I no, I like I like second MTAC. Um, because that sounds like um like a Hobbit you know, thing? No, that sounds like an Evangelion thing. Oh. Yeah, I guess it does. Um I was thinking more the Hobbit thing when I said it, but yeah. 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 How many M- yeah. how many MTACs do Hobbits have? I don't know. You know, there's first impact, there's first, second there's impact, first, I was about to say first ask, a, first ask a character panel, second ask a character panel. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> Guys, 
you're going to submit an ask character panel, do me don't. a favor. Don't. <laughs> like, like, think of something else. Like, just go ahead and say, you know what? That was my first idea. It was garbage. I'm just going to throw that out and come up with something else. Like the Lionel fan panel. Yes. Yes. Pick a friend do a fan panel about that friend. You know what? I, I'm going to say. The world will gonna, be richer. I'm going to say straight no on that, too. <laughs> just no. Like, not every friend is Lionel. I'm sorry. I know, I know, but I, I think if we all, if we all did fan panels for each other, there, there would be no world war. There would be world peace. You say that until there's a Dylan fan panel, and then you're going to be very, very yes. Upset. But because we, we live in a, in a, a flawed, um, uh, a flawed world, uh, it, 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 it would be to make fun of me. Actually, I, I think I know how the Dylan fan panel would go. First five minutes, it would be about me. It would cease to be about me after that. And if I said anything about it, people would look at me like I was crazy. Weren't we talking about me? No. God, Dylan, you're so sure. self-centered. It's not all about you. Um, I would go off feeling weird about the whole thing. That's a dude. <laughs> anyway, did you guys have any any last thoughts on the Kaikon? Uh This is a really good. Convention. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I look forward to them doing some more stuff in the future. Um, yeah. I feel like we we went to a lot of panels where we were like, "Ah, this is negative," but really the overall experience was very good. And I, I wish I I really wish we'd gone um, Friday as well. Um, just yeah, so we could have gotten a little more. Um, and so we, <laughs> you know. So uh, Saturday didn't start out with a three-hour drive. True. Yeah, I would say, uh, I, and I know, I know, we say, you know, pretty much every con we go to is great, and and it's true. But I, I would definitely say, if you like Impact, you should go next year because, you know, it's that same community. You're going to get a lot of the same same stuff out of it. And they had some some good guests that. We don't see often around here, uh, Matthew Mercer especially. That is true. Um, so good on them for, for getting those guests. Hopefully they'll get some, some more good guests next year as well. And maybe next year we can do some interviews. And, and guys, uh, hook us up maybe. Um, I, one thing I did want to tackle really quickly just because it was weird and it came up. And this ties back into something we were talking about earlier about, you know, citing sources as, you know, like not reputable sites. Um, that whole uh, Ghibli shutting down thing. Yes. Not, not really a thing. Like they tweeted the next day after that started, you know, taking off. They said, we're still here. Um, yeah. But that, was, that, was one, that was one of those things, like as soon as I heard it, because Chad uh, passed that link around. And I'm like, this is stupid because, you know, I understand it costs a lot of money for them to make movies and not every movie that they do is going to be super successful. But man, only if they had some way of making money off of this backlog of classic films they have. Yeah. And the thing is, like what it ultimately turned out to be was a different business decision. They were, you know, they were kind of changing direction, but not shutting down. So, you know, which obviously people boiled down into something even simpler than it was than it was because they couldn't explain it, you know, in a short, you know, headline. Yeah. Because yeah. it seems like the actual context of the conversation was, 
we're going to have to change some things uh, because Miyazaki's retiring. And I'm kind of like, yeah. well, no shit. Yeah. You know, it, of course you're not going, you know, and, and honestly, if they're, if they're not making as much money as they like to, maybe they need to change up their development cycle. Cause I know they spend like years on a particular movie, yeah. but in terms of actual releases, they usually do a release about once a year. I mean, maybe they, maybe they need to switch it up like once every 18 months or something. It's not going to kill them. That is one thing I think too, though, that, you know, there, just because something is changing doesn't mean it's going away. Like even if Ghibli shut down, pretty sure some of the, the people who worked on those movies, in addition to Miyazaki would either go on to found their own studios, would jump to other studios. Like, the legacy would still be alive. Yeah. Um, it's not just like, well, I guess that's a world without Miyazaki films, you know, good night folks. You know? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's more, I mean, it, w- it would be the end of an era, but there is more to it than just, uh, just the dire headline. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to go over before we wrap up. Um, this is something that I've known about for a couple of weeks now and never did get out uh, the word on. But uh, there's a, a thing called CharityWater.org and um, Micah and Sheremy Lee and some other voice actors are getting together to do a fundraiser to provide clean drinking water to areas across the world that, that don't have it. Um, and you can... It's it's basically a Kickstarter style thing where if you donate so much money, you get certain rewards plus rewards from previous tiers. Mm-hmm. But one of the other reasons, aside from you know, it has guests that have been on the show before, um, Yamacon is also uh, throwing their hat into the ring. Where if you uh, donate seventy dollars, you get a VIP uh, pass for Yamacon. Hmm. Which I think I think this is like eighteen percent discount versus what you normally pay for one of those. So, wow! If yeah. you're planning at being on Yamacon anyway, that's kind of the way to go because you know then you're donating to a good cause and you're getting the VIP pass. I'm not sure what all the VIP pass entails, but hmm. And you know you can just be a good guy. You know you. Uh, I, I say go for forty dollars and go for the Sully swag, uh, Sully swag level. <laughs> a few people can ever attain that, so dream big. For forty bucks, you too can have some Sully swag, some actual factual Sully swag. But I'll I'll post that link up on the uh, on the website. Sweet. But uh, did you guys have anything else you wanted to bring up? I I think that's it. Well, we'll we'll probably remember something uh, before next uh, well, podcast, just because this is outside our normal recording. You know, well, we should yeah. be back uh, doing normal shit next week. So uh, until then, everybody, appreciate you listening. Uh, peace be with you, and also also with Lionel. Amen. <laughs>